Before we get started with the podcast, two quick things. One, I tried something new today and I did a little extra media guide at the end of the episode where I delve into some things that Joe Randazzo and I talk about, uh, such as we talk about one of Leonard Nimoy's side projects. What am I talking about? You'll see. And then at the end, you'll see even more. Also, this episode of It's That Episode is sponsored by Audible.com, the leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 books and audio delights. Uh, because we talk about UFOs today uh, and the extraterrestrial, why not get a UFO book? Ooh, ooh, these are fun. Here's one. It's called UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record. You know that some truth is being spoken of that. How about Ancient Alien Agenda? That's another one. Fallen Angels, Aliens in the Backyard. And you can get one for free on me. Go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. And uh, and get a free book and a free 30-day trial on me. That's Craig Rowan backslash Craig Rowan. All right. Uh, let's get to the show. Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show they choose. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. And we have a good old time. Today, my guest, I'm very excited, is uh, the creative director of AdultSwim.com and former editor of The Onion. That's right. Joe Randazzo. Thanks for having me, Craig. Thank you for coming over um, after a long day's work. It was fine. Yeah. It was a long day's work. Uh, Dunkin' Donuts was the delay. Okay. I don't know if you know what they're doing over there, but it's not impressive. I haven't been to that Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. I haven't drank coffee in a while, and that would be the only reason. I mean, oh, okay. I don't get Dunkin' Donuts that often either. But um, Well, there's not a lot in the neighborhood, Craig. Yes, that's true. That's true. And near the hospital, I, I live fairly near a hospital, so all this stuff is sort of fast food around there because people... You know, the the hospital techs and the people that are going to visit, they just want fast food. Time. Yeah. They're doing the Lord's work. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. I, I'm excited to watch the TV show that you chose for many reasons. One is I've never heard of it, but I feel like I know it. It, it seems like very familiar. Yeah. And, um, and I like... Uh, sort of mystery oriented or um, alien oriented mm-hmm. things. So why don't you say what show we're going to be watching? We're going to watch um, a show called In Search Of. It was a Leonard uh, Nimoy vehicle. I assume it's from the late 1970s. It ran from 1977 to 1982. Okay. So there were about five seasons of it. And I, I read a little bit uh, up on it and it was based off of some one hour uh sort of like made for tv movies or uh in the vein of this you know searching out the extraterrestrial or the paranormal the paranormal exactly and i and the originally i think it was narrated by those specials were narrated by rod serling and oh. he was supposed to host the show but he died before that yeah. and so leonard nimoy uh yeah. brought the trekkies in well i've always been um I've you know I've always been interested in uh, aliens and Bigfoot and stuff like that. Yeah, not anymore. Uh, <laughs> but I but I used to be. I don't know. I think it kind of occupies this place. It just feels like uh, there were. Um, there's a kind of like uh, e- even the, the the sort of production value of the show, as I remember it, and the sort of music and tr- trench coats. I imagine kind of occupies this place in my mind of like when I first saw the stuff. It's kind of like. 
sweaty and a little bit scary and kind of just a little weird. You know, seventies was like the the wardrobe was just off and the hair was just off and like everything was sort of creepy and yeah. like I feel like the classic what we think of the classic like trench coat pedophile feels like seventies. Like it's yeah, that sort it's of that like decade. weird, like gross van type thing. And then there's just all this weird like they just discovered synthesizers, so everything had a weird synthesizer music to it. I might be describing something totally different because I haven't seen this show in a long time. But so did you? So now you watch this as a child? Yeah. Did it creep you out? I mean, I don't. You know, I think because um, when we were talking about what what show to watch, what episode to watch. I was just going back to like I want to revisit some of these things that are sort of creepy, like unsolved mysteries or in search of or something, and see if they're still kind of creepy or, or not. So I think I always was. Uh, I think the idea that there could be an answer out there was almost more scary to me than, you know, like if it ever got revealed for sure that there's ghosts or for sure that there's aliens. That was what was right. Kind of scary. That would be amazing if one of these shows was the thing that like finally told us that that <laughs> actually like they definitively came on. We're like, we now have fact yeah. that this exists. Ghosts are real. Here it is. Yeah, here it is. No more questions. And this is the final episode of any next show. Next week is Chupacabra or whatever. <laughs> exactly. So I think um, the one that we, I found a list of a bunch of episodes and the, the two um, – that you were interested in was either UFOs or strange visitors. I feel like Which, UFOs would be. Yeah, I mean, strange visitors probably UFOs too, right? And there was another one that was like earthly visitors or something. There were strange visitors. There was earthly visitors, and I looked up strange visitors, and it's very specific that it's like in Rhode Island, underneath like, a, and it just felt so weird that I was like, and, and then the UFOs one is dealing with specific UFO sightings. Got it. So it seems like this is going to be the essence. This is the essence. This is actually episode. Um, this is from the first season. It says here, episode 21. Wow. Um, so this started in 77. How old were you when this, this show began? Negative one. Negative one. So you, so you must've watched this. Did you watch it when you were that young or when in reruns? No, I think I must've been in reruns. Cause I think it's pro it was probably grade school. Into middle school age. I I, I think it. this uh, aired on I, as I looked at a uh, a fan site that was must have been built in like 1994, um, and uh, it said that the amazing channel AMC picked this up in the early 90s. Oh, okay, were, I was gonna say AMC. Yeah, the amazing channel. They said they said like the the person who made that website was so excited that oh, they I used see. some word to describe oh, AM okay. AMC as like the brilliant channel to bring this <laughs> show back. Well, and if you think about what they've been able to do with uh, rejiggering their original programming, they are brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it weird that like uh, you think of like AMC, TLC, like all those shows that when like in the 90s when I was watching TV, I didn't know what they like the learning channel and yeah. the, they were like it was just whatever i feel like there was just whatever they could grab like in search yeah. of and now they've sort of found their own niche that does not match anything what they set out to do no not at all i don't even know what the learning channel was before what are they are they all just reality shows now, now? it's all yeah like i f assume toddlers and tiaras and that type of thing is i mean i think those cable channels were you would or I would only watch them if I was homesick. I just remember i think t l c just i it's always was like a, something with a woman giving birth. <laughs> Right or like yeah. that's all I seem to remember is something from that is like a woman giving birth and a, and a leopard. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I remember from. I remember, yeah. I feel like I remember just scrolling like paintbrushes and um, like crafts things, uh-huh. and then pregnant woman and leopards. Yeah, that's all I, I remember too. There's leopards in almost all of my memories, though. So <laughs> there's always just like if you go back to your first memory, it's yes, always what, one leopard. There. There's a leopard, um, but you grew up at a leopard compound. Yeah. Um, that saved leopards. Yes, right. Yeah, it, it wasn't um, breeding them to do harm. No, no, no. Okay. No, it was all about the leopards. Um, so why don't we check out this episode of In Search Of, and is there anything after ha- not having watched this in so long that you're excited to, or, or that you have any expectations or anything that you're specifically excited to, to check out? Um, I just love the way that these shows will try to make anything dramatic, and I'm I'm eager to see what their techniques are. In that way, because I was a fairly savvy uh, TV watcher from from a young age, but I'm but I'm curious to see how much of the stuff, like what they do with the filler and the fluff, you know? Right. Well, I I, I watched um, like a long time ago an old episode of the podcast we watched. I think a show called Ancient Aliens, which is I assume just like the lineage of this show. Mm-hmm. It must be like just direct. Yeah. Every time I hear or see that name, I laugh. Ancient yeah. Aliens. <laughs> Ancient Aliens. It's a real show that has multiple episodes. Yes, and has like I think avid fans yeah. as well. But it is a lot about the filler. It's like how long can we zoom into this shot? How can we make something that's not at all dramatic very dramatic? Right. How can we twist something that somebody says to make it? more exciting than it actually could be every time they come back from commercial they recap like everything that has previously been yeah in a a shorter amount of time but even more excited like as if you didn't just watch that thing that was not exciting before i want to see how they do that if they do it maybe maybe it was totally different rules in 77 i don't know maybe people demanded more content um wardrobes and music too i'm just excited about I'm excited too. And on that uh, fan site, they were very adamant that the theme song was one of the greatest theme songs ever. So. And I can't even remember what this. Wait, I, I, see, it's like it just it occupies that place. It's like just generally creepy stuff with older men uncovering mysteries. Yes, and synthesized music that makes and, me feel weird. And Leonard Nimoy, who is I feel like in this era at the peak of his weirdness. Sure, or is he ever not at the peak? Um, isn't he now like really sick and he does all nude, uh, uh, photographs of Hasidic Jews. That's pretty weird. I think he's, wait, what? I think like his latest (laughs) chapter is that he's a photographer. He's, he's, he's deeply sick somehow. I don't remember. He has like a disease or something. Yeah. Emphysema plus Crohn's disease plus cancer or something. But he did a, uh, a whole series of portraits of nude Orthodox or Hasidic Jewish women. I am that hasn't I that I don't know how that will even sink into my brain. <laughs> that might be the peak, but you're not even aware. You're I wasn't even aware, aware of that. That's yeah. amazing. I wonder if we'll see anything in this that sort of alludes to him eventually getting interested. I am that is so intriguing that I have to <laughs> check that out. So have you seen the photographs? No, no. But you've just heard. I've just read about it. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I like also they said he's deeply sick. For and but that's just a regular disease. It's not mentally. He's just yeah. also. Really... No, I think he's very ill, but he's still doing these fo- popping these photos off. Of... He's very ill. Sidebar: He's taking nude photos of, <laughs> yeah. of Orthodox Jews. Yeah. Um, awesome. So let's check out. On that note, let's check out. In search of dot 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 UFOs. Philip Baker works in a mill 
on the same job for more than 20 years. He's grown up here and passed on to his children a love for the land, a love for planting and harvesting his own crops, for cutting wood to warm the house in the long Wisconsin winters. He was an officer in his union once, but stepped down because it meant too much time away from his wife, Shirley, and their kids, Monty, Jeff, Jane, and John. The most important things to the Baker family are hard work and being together. They were together the most incredible night of their lives. It was March 13, 1975. I was carrying two cats. I was walking to the garage. And I got by this corner, right by the house here. And I looked, and there was this weird object, funny noises, and it was really bright. And I didn't know what I should do. So I was going back and forth, and finally I threw the cat in the garage. And then I ran to the house. All right. So we yeah. just watched In Search Of. Mm-hmm. Was it anything like you remembered? Uh, elements of it were. I, um, they just like stuck Leonard Nimoy in a, a satin. Just like he was in and out of there in five minutes. Yeah, he just they probably banged out like every episode for yeah. him like that. I remember him being more involved. I don't know, for some reason, like walking across the field where, there, you know, where the UFO had landed. or But he was just sitting in there with a picture of a... The moon behind him. Yeah, basically it was him in his studio introducing these segments. Actually, I think we might have only seen him at the beginning at the end. Did we see yeah. And he narrated, he narrated throughout, the, it. throughout the whole thing. Um, Wearing a turtleneck, which I knew he would be. A white turtleneck, black or something, maybe velvet jacket. I don't know. The yeah. The quality of the video was not yeah, strong not enough that, that I knew what material it was, but I'd guess a velvet. Mm-hmm. And uh, his hair looked great too, sort of combed across the side, sort of to the side, and also sort of to the front, true, like yeah. very um, leisurely. Yeah, he it was leisurely Nimoy, pre um, Hasidic nude right. photo. Or we yeah. don't know. Well, we don't know. We don't. Know. He might have been doing Polaroids. There might not. It wasn't public at that point. Yeah, I just sort of pictured him like getting down, not not interviewing the people, but sort of like kneeling down and feeling the the ground, you know, where the UFOs landed, and just holding the dust in his hands and walking around with a trench coat on, getting a little more down in the in the dirt. Yeah, getting more uh, personal in there, hitting the streets. Yeah. So basically, there were a handful of UFO stories. And I do have to. First of all, the music was amazing. It was great. Yeah. It, in so far as you could call it music, it wasn't melodic. Just sort of. I'd say the only thing I could relate is like sometimes it reminded me of like a Clockwork Orange, like mm-hmm. you know that sort of discordant, you know, yeah. synthy stuff. And mm-hmm. it, at the beginning it was scary, and then by the end you're like, all right, they're just throwing. Yeah. throwing I it. was really, I was scared. I got a chill at the beginning when the when the uh, credits came up. But what I liked about this show was each one of the UFO stories was was like uh, here's. Uh, you know, Philip Baker, yep. uh, you know, and he saw a uh, UFO on March 13th, 1975 with his family. That was the first story was this man and his family seeing a UFO. They just tell the story. Mm-hmm. They it's not they don't treat it really heavily like they don't make it over dramatic. Not at all. And that's what makes it seem more real. Like they, because they just told the story. Leonard Nimoy is narrating. They talked to like the under sheriff, which I don't know even what, what that yeah, is. Who was also dressed very casually. Yes. Also, one of the scientists was wearing like a leather, like a sort of like a brown suede leather jacket. Yeah, the head. 
they're like snaps or buttons. Yeah, it was, with a tie. It was yeah. sort of like if if Indiana Jones was in the 1970s, what yeah. he would wear to teach. It was great. Um, but the fact that it wasn't the music was eerie, but they didn't treat it like. And then this happened, right? So because of that, it just made it feel more like day to day, a little yeah. bit m- more real and a little bit more boring. <laughs> yes, definitely. Because they just told the whole story. They did their. We weren't big on editing, I feel like. No, one of, the, in fact, the guy, uh, Philip Baker, rambled. There was one thing where he was like, <laughs> I told the sheriff. The sh- the sheriff listened to me. He said, I-, I don't think I saw the thing. And then I said, well, I think I did see it. Like, it was just <laughs> yeah. like. On and on for a while. Well, Monty, my oldest boy, he was all upset. He says, told uh, my other two boys, now, don't say anything. Don't say anything to kids at school. We don't want nothing of this to get out. And, of course, Janie was in tears. She says, well, I know what I saw. She says, uh, you trying to tell me I'm, I'm crazy or something? She said, I know what we saw. She said, don't try to tell me I, I didn't see anything because she said, I know I saw it. And she was in tears and everything else that night. And, uh, of course, the undersheriff, I apologized when he left me off here because I thought, well, now we didn't find anything. He said, he'll think I'm, I'm a little off, too. He said, no, no, don't forget. Just forget about it. I said, well, let's, I said, okay, let's forget about it. And I said, but don't tell anybody then. I, I, matter of fact, I even mentioned him. I said, don't tell anybody. I said, just, just forget it then because I said, I didn't. Let's drop the whole story. Just a guy who doesn't know how to tell a story that well telling a story. Yeah, which is what it was. Which was, I mean, I think it's... Uh, and then actually his last line was, let's just drop the whole story. Which is kind of like, ah, it sounds like you've made it all up. I know you didn't mean it that way, but that's what it sounded like. But I think that was, that was another thing about this that I find charming and then by the end a little bit annoying is that this is before like every American was telegenic. In 1977, they hadn't all consumed so much media on a daily basis including reality tv that they all knew how to act and talk for tv they just sort of like sounded like that generic rube like i'm a normal person i'm a normal who doesn't know how to be presentational for the screen everybody was like that that's kind of makes it that also sort of makes it feel real exactly they're not putting on the show right when the daughter uh philip baker's daughter is giving a tour she's just sort of holding a cat and saying like well i walked here and then i threw the cat in the the garage in the garage which i I don't (laughs) close the door close the door and the cat ran back to tell my parents that there was a thing and then my dad yeah but it wasn't like it was the scariest oh my god oh my god yeah yeah i think she might have been on drugs that's what i thought she seemed like she was on drugs. She might not have been. It might just be because it was the 1970s. Which was just drug-fueled, even if you weren't on drugs. Right. You were definitely on. You were at least got contact. You got a contact high, high from all trip. that LSD. But, you know, there was even... And I, and, and, and I wonder about this. Because, like, even if you think to movies from that era... And she was so the, the daughter was like I don't know a seventeen year old girl or sixteen year old girl slender attractive looking long straight long hair so you picture John Travolta's uh, girlfriend and the boy in the plastic bubble or something like that you know like just a generic nineteen seventies actress that actress actually would still sort of talk like her there's like a way of that people in the nineteen seventies spoke. In the 1960s and the 1950s, it seems like decade by decade, there's like decade by decade of like specific 
manner of speaking? Do you think that was cultural? Do you think that I don't came know. out of the the TV, out of the media? Or it's what funny was you it? say that because one of the things that I always think about is like in the 1920s or in movies that represent the 1920s. There's always like, eh, yeah, see, like we're talking about this. See, like if you heard uh, somebody talk about that, that's a little more extreme than what you're talking about. But like if you heard somebody talking at all like that now, you'd be like. What the fuck? Like, yeah. why, why are you talking like that? <laughs> are you insane. from like that era, or are you just insane? So, like, was that a type of that time too? I you don't know? know. It's weird because I feel like a lot of people. There was a very like if you think about like the bad news bears or something. How all the kids they all kind of spoke in the same way, right? So maybe it was just like that was you know the 1970s version of that 1920s affected dialogue style, and then people who saw it on TV picked it up in real life I well i have to assume also like you're talking about bad news bears and this it, it must have been more regional too at the time because as you're saying the tv wasn't like the universal language right. even though there was tv but it wasn't like everybody wasn't as like hip to it so where you're from must have been a big part of that you know like right. the, the people in that town probably called submarine sandwiches one thing that we've never right. even heard of mm-hmm. you know what i mean blompers blompers Bombers. I got to the point though with this, and I actually liked all these people. It was it was two. It was Minnesota, Wisconsin, and in West Virginia. Yes, that's right. I liked them all because they just seemed like normal people. Yes, like if you the people that you would see on this show today, they'd be like monsters. Yes, right. They would be like disgusting looking people, and they would be. I think that basically the guy from West Virginia who was uh, the, Carol the, was that his name? Carol, yeah, yeah. And they said he's like not known for. He worked at like um, he had to take a lie detector test. He worked at like a an aluminum factory or something. He's like they're like he's not known for his creative thoughts or guile. Or they <laughs> yes. said something like really like shitting on him. Yeah. But he, I don't even think they basically let him speak at all to camera. Like they had him do the lie detector test. But did he actually like tell his story? Uh, I don't know. He did kind of tell his story, but it was. Uh, yeah, he didn't get as much FaceTime as the others did. Yeah, but they did focus on his lie detector test. Which yeah, I which thought. they explained what a lie detector is, which I guess is interesting. Um, and then did the whole, and then showed the whole test. Show the whole, t- whole test. From the intro questions where they're like, are you going to tell us the truth? Which normally you would like get a little taste of it and then maybe cut. Yeah. Cut to some of the juice. Yeah, the juice. Well, they only did ask him like five questions all together. <laughs> and then they determined... That at very least he believed that he was telling the truth right. that he saw a uh, UFO. Yeah, and then there was also one guy that they only mentioned like once, which was the guy with the sunglasses and the jean suit. Maybe it's I like don't the know. UFO if, hunter. It looked like a denim suit. Looked like he was wearing a denim suit and he was just taking soil samples. Yeah, and it looked wearing like he was, sunglasses. He looked like the guy that would have like a painted van with like Excalibur, you know, like yeah. some like seventies. You know, what he exactly reminded me of was the character in Taxi Driver that Robert De Niro buys the gun off of. Like he brings a little suitcase in oh, the apartment. Yeah, yes. He's like, I got up as down as blues, whites, reds. What do you want? Isn't she a little honey? Yeah. Huh? That'll stop. That'll stop an elephant in its tracks. Yeah, that sleaze bag. Total sleazoid is what he looked like, and he was like, well, he studied a ten to eleven thousand uh, UFO reports. Yeah, and they didn't like tell any of his credentials. Like I would have assumed no from him that he was a high school dropout. Like he just looked <laughs> like he's like, yeah, I just found this suitcase on the side of the road. Now I'm gonna look for UFOs all the time. That's his job now. Yeah. He just decided he was that. The uh, pocket transit also can be used to get- Some men, like Ted Phillips, are dedicated to finding answers for the growing number of perplexed people who have had UFO experiences. 
Phillips is an amateur scientist and UFO investigator. Neat little pocket penetrometer. Phillips has taken soil samples at dozens of reported UFO landing sites. He and his fellow investigators have amassed reports of no less than 60,000 UFO sightings in the past 30 years. Many of these were fairly easy to explain. Conventional aircraft, weather balloons, flocks of geese. But more than 900 cases remain unexplained. So there was no filler in this. This was all content. It was all content. It was, and, but... Ad nauseum, in fact. Like, they, at the beginning, uh, with the Baker family, they just show them eating dinner for about a minute. And talked about their values. Yes. That they, that, like, hard work and family life is really important to them. And and you also mentioned that um, with the second guy, George Ree, who took the, or, or, I don't know if that was the second guy, but one of the guys, the guy who was taking the lie detector test, that when they said he was 35 years old, you were, like, blown away because he did look like he was, like, 45, 50. <laughs> yeah, no, easily in his 50s. Yes. Yeah. He looked like hell. He looked, I mean, he did look like hell knowing that he was 35. Well, that's what I've noticed. While doing this podcast, I've noticed that every time it's from the 70s or 80s or anything and you see somebody who you think is really old, they're really young. Because yeah. I don't know if it's like that everybody was smoking or, like, something, but... yeah. People do not age well in the 70s and 80s. No, you're saying that's 77 years. That's 1977-35. Yes. So that's like 50 That's like 52. Years. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he'd be, he died of a massive heart attack right after they filmed. I do think, like, uh, this was something I was thinking when I was watching it. To, to that point that everybody seems older, yes, they're all, they all drank a ton of coffee, drank a ton of alcohol, and smoked a lot, and just ate meat all the time. So physically... Once you pass 24, you're probably downhill. Yes. But they also, <clears throat> up until, I don't know when, the 80s or 90s, people would, like, dress nicely. Even if you had a crappy job, like, you still would dress like you were an, an adult person, a professional person. Absolutely. And you probably learned how to talk in school and, like, write. Like, people used to learn how to, like learn grammar right. and so you could correctly speak and they would learn elocution yes and could like do things and i don't think that people do that anymore now people can't do things no people can't do things or say things or write things and nobody dresses well well you basically everybody dresses like shit everybody does dress like shit like i'm dressed like shit in my but i'm in my own home yeah you're but, fine but um no but i usually do and and you but you don't need to anymore because people are just texting spelling everything wrong like yeah. you could just get away being uh uh a ugly unkempt idiot right and you don't really have to leave your home that much anymore. Exactly. You could be online being a predator and, and just telling everybody that you, you have a job. Well, I think maybe today, man, that's part of it. You used to have to go, you know, in the 70s, you had to go to mail a letter. <laughs> yeah. Right? You had to go to the barber. Yeah. Wait, you still have to go to a barber. <laughs> well, I don't, but oh, you, yeah, uh, I don't think I can't think of other things that people do. Um, you, that you don't have to do. You can anymore. seamless seamless web. Just call get right. your food you without to talking out. to anybody. You know, and yeah, even dating. Like you're a young man, you want to look nice because you got to go meet a girl at the laundromat. Yeah, you don't but, do that anymore. Yeah, now you go to laundromat, you drop it off, and you just say, you know fuck off i'll be back in 24 hours give it to me yeah. here's my money fuck you yeah you just curse at their face yeah i mean it is a different yeah it's definitely like wearing a suit if you wore a suit now to your job for instance like people would be like oh what's yeah what's the big married? deal you're getting married or you're going to a funeral 
If I wear a sweater in my job, that's the response. Well, in the summertime. Right. That would be crazy. Are you getting married? Are you getting married? Why are you wearing a sweater in the summertime? Yeah, exactly. I also, there was this one interesting thing at the end of the show. They said, um, Leonard Nimoy said, in a Gallup poll, 15 million Americans said they they have seen a UFO. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's no way. That because 50... what was the population in 77? 200 million? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, like, this is an even bigger percentage. Like, how could they get that cross-section? That they're like, oh yeah, 15 million people have seen <laughs> UFOs. That means you know like 20 people that have seen UFOs or right. something. Or like you've interacted with during your day like 12 to 50 people who have seen UFOs. I you. guess if it's a loose definition, like I, I, I can remember one or two instances where I saw stuff that I thought, oh, I don't know what that was. People were definitely from 1947 until, you know, the night, well, still today. But there was a big, and I feel like in the 70s too, there was, and um Growing up in the 80s, there was a resurgence. Like, it seems like these things come and cycle, come and go. Like, or maybe they're always there. And I was just interested in them because, like, as a kid, you're always more interested, but you grow out of it, except for the people who are like running around with suitcases, digging up dirt samples, right? Chasing so, down UFOs. selling guns and uppers and downers. Because I was very interested in Bigfoot, UFOs, Loch Ness Monster quicksand so did your child interest... abduction and satanism as a child really well those are those are like seem to be the looming specters would you uh just watch things about them you'd read about them what was your how, how deep did your interest well, go not that not that deep mm-hmm. but it seemed like it was available it was always around um what was the abductions the... well i don't i don't know it just seemed like uh kidnapping being kidnapped was a big deal in the 80s like what how old are you i'm uh 29 so you're a little younger than me. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just was a big, like, there was a the movie with Judd Hirsch uh, where his son got kidnapped and got his head chopped off. I think it was based on the, the guy who, uh, John Walsh, is that his name, from uh, America's Most Wanted? I think, like, his son was kidnapped. With the guy who hosted. America's Most Wanted, yeah. His I think son his was son kidnapped, kidnapped and, his... and decapitated, I think. Oh. And that made him want to catch all the bad guys, you know? Was he a TV personality before? His... I don't think so. I think that's what got him into it. That's amazing. Because, okay. If you're... I'm getting this right, I could be mixing all. He might be the guy who takes pictures of Jewish <laughs> right. naked women, and Leonard Nimoy might be the guy. Who... Right. It's crazy to think that this guy's kid. Terrible. Kidnapped, head lopped off. Then after that, he's never done TV. Then after that, he builds a TV career to then host America's Most Wanted. Yeah, that's I like think, amazing. I think that's how it went. That's incredible. I wonder if he had just a regular local TV gig before that. I don't know. I don't know what his deal was. But it was very it was very big. There was a lot of paranoia about being kidnapped. I remember everybody had to have like a a safety word like for your yes. family. So yeah. if a kidnapper came they taught that to us at school as well. It's like if you if somebody drives up to you and you're walking home from school and they say, Come get in your mom's, you know, in the hospital right. or whatever, which is the go to thing. Right. Then the, you say what's this what's the special yeah. secret word? You know what ours was? What was it? Pizza. <laughs> The no. first thing that anybody would ever say to a kid, maybe after ice cream. <laughs> right. That was ours. Pizza. Yeah, if you're just like, uh, uh, pizza. Like, that <laughs> yeah, would be that the would be All right. I guess I'm getting in. <laughs> now, did anybody, I, I assume you never had to use the secret word. No. There was, I remember there was once at our summer day camp, there was like, 
And this was just how quickly the paranoia could, and hysteria could happen. There was just a guy who was, there had been like a weird van around town and like a guy, a kid like was, there was an incident where a kid like somebody tried to take him into his van or whatever. Whoa, okay. And maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. I, I don't know. But that van or a van was spotted <clears throat> when we were all at day camp, like playing soccer or whatever, face painting. And then it's just like, it turned into this big thing. Moms were showing up and you know how. It just like gets everybody. Want, once there's like a kernel of that, everybody really wants to be involved. Right. They want to be left out of it because it's like the big thing that's going on. Not just the kids, but the adults. It was just this big. The police were there, and it was this big thing. And all these rumors were swirling that they found the guy, and there were dead kids in the van. None of that stuff was <laughs> true at all. But I never had to use the word. I did. You know, there was one time, and he guessed it right, and then he did molest me for a while. Okay. That, but yeah. Okay. Um, so, but beyond that time, that was it. That was just a short. That was a one thing. Last one three off months. Thing. And, yeah. Yeah. That Doesn't really it. matter. That That's sort of one. just a small relationship. Nothing. Yeah. Really. He, we still keep in touch, but there wasn't really. There wasn't a thing to it. it no. Was, yeah. Um, it didn't happen after that. I think once I was walking home from school, and I remember somebody did say like, "You want some candy?" But it. It was like, it felt like, looking back, it felt like two probably teenagers just like fucking with kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then I think I ran home and told my mom. Yeah. And we, you know, we probably did call the cops and and I probably did give a description of of the car and I probably did get a lineup and I probably did wrongly accuse the people and they probably did go to jail and I probably did get the death sentence. Right. But you don't remember that. But I don't remember. They got the death sentence. (laughs) Yeah. they, They got the death sentence, which is death. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, but Satanism was never a part of it, like for me. Yeah, I I used to read, and I'm still intrigued by serial killers. Like oh, I read too. up on just ser- reading about this is this Israel uh, Israel Keys. Oh, I'm I'm I don't know Israel Keys. Oh, Israel Keys. I, I didn't mean to derail. No, you were just saying. Please, I've always been kind of interested in serial killers. And then I re- we recently watched that sh- show, The Fall. Have you seen it? It's a BBC show. No. It's great. It's, okay. set in, it's set in Northern Ireland. Gillian Anderson. Is oh, like, yes. I've heard about it. Yes. It's yes. really good because it follows the serial killer as well. And it's like really realistically portrayed. He's like a, a man with a wife and a family. And it's just – but he gets just as much screen time as she does. So it makes it really a lot more haunting because it's like – I don't know. It just seems more realistic. It's right. not like some mastermind with like a voice. It's module. a guy who's it's a, a guy. serial killer. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels like what it probably w- would yeah. be like. Yeah. And he thinks he's really smart and everything, but he, it's not like cat and mouse. It's just like, we well, should find this guy's killing people anyway. So it's been a little more in my, my, uh, consciousness, but then I was just reading about this, this guy, Israel Hayes, I think is his name or Israel keys. And, uh, he went on, no, he was arrested for for murdering somebody in Alaska. But he would uh, <clears throat> fly to a, a city, rent a car, and then drive like a thousand miles somewhere else. Okay, and then just kill someone and torture them, kill uh. them, and then leave. But he would set like he would know like I'm going to do this in Vermont. So he would go and plant like a little murder kit, which has like all the stuff he needs. He would plant it there, go back home. And then a year later, he flew, he flew like to Chicago and then drove. I may be getting the details wrong, or Ohio and flew, drove to Vermont. Uh, picked out the people, just randomly picked them out. Got his murder kit, killed them, and then took off. Oh my god! But he got nailed for killing this one this woman in Alaska, and he was using her debit card. 
and he was trying to get ransom. The problem with him was he started like robbing banks and stuff to get a bunch of money so that he could then go like do his killing. So he was so uh, calculated about things that he'd go a year ahead, drop off a murder kit, but then he was so stupid that he was just using a dead person. Yeah, he did that at the end. At the, that was the last that one. That he, he probably wanted to get for. caught by the. It by sounded the... like it, but he wound up committing suicide in custody. Oh. All right. Yeah. Wow, that is intense. That's <laughs> so I was just crazy. reading about him the last couple of days and just sort of like looking at his face and trying to see like, is there anything you can see that like, can you see anything there that would give you a hint that it's a serial killer? It's like it's just a normal person. Kind of. It's like a normal person that might invite you over to do a podcast right. and like, you know, they yeah. might have a murder kit. Yeah, they might <laughs> plant it in another the idea state, I which like is your that. biggest problem, right? Oh shit! Yeah, it's in Vermont. I like do like the name Murder Kit. Yeah, I do love it. It's <laughs> great. Murder Kit is is a real. I think like, that's what he referred to it as. Like I have Murder Kit. So terrifying. Now you mentioned before that you had, uh, you think you might have seen extra or UFOs when when I was talking about the Gallup poll, fifteen million people. Yeah. You said you may have seen something that it was unexplained at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that experience? Oh yeah, it was just. Um, I was, uh, I think it was, I was in New Hampshire where I grew up, but it was after I had left and come back and it was just a light that was like, I noticed, uh, it was a brightish light bigger than normal. And then it kind of was going faster than it should be for how far away it was. And then it just like went like, do, 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 do. Zigzag. Made some zigzaggy stuff that shouldn't have happened. It just moved the way it shouldn't have. And, it, and if I remember, and who I don't know, you know how memory is a fickle yes. beast. It was colored. It was colored kind of yellowish, greenish, and it just was like, what? That looks weird. And then I went do 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 do, and out, off the horizon. That's it. It might have been. We don't know. You know, it was definitely an unidentified flying object to me. Absolutely. I don't know what it was. You're one of 12 million. Well, in 15 the, million. 15, I'm lowering in it. In 1977. Just, so now it must be like 30 billion. Yeah, but isn't it like 62% of Americans believe in angels or whatever? Yeah. So. Uh, wow, that is amazing. Well, when he said, in the thing, when they were talking about seeing the light, one of the guys said that it was so bright that he could read a newspaper, by the way. Yeah. Which seems pretty intense. That's bright. Um, but I feel like this show, I... I mean, I, you know, when I was looking up on the fan site, it seemed like they did do reenactments maybe later. But mm-hmm. I guess in this season, or this is the first season, they didn't quite, they weren't quite that. Um, so all they would do was when he would refer, the first man would refer to the UFO, they would just show a shot of the road where the UFO the was. Empty road. And then the last minute was them showing police sketch renderings of what the ufos could have looked like which yeah. is pretty much the most boring thing to show on tv is yeah. just a drawing and of they something. saved it for the end yeah they were like this is the big coup we're gonna show these drawings yeah one of them looked like your cl- two of them looked like your classic sort of ufos and one of them looked like a weird diamond in the sky rihanna Oh yeah, I don't know. Is that a big song? That's a big. That was a big song. I think probably like six months ago. It was mostly uh, yeah. It was two families, right? Two whole families who had seen them, and then the one, the one uh, non-imaginative guileless. 
Well, they also with 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 the second family is like two women, right? Who saw something big across the uh, like the road, Mm -hmm. and they said that everybody in the town or a lot of people in the town called them and said they had seen it as well. And then the next day, they went over and there was a burnt patch on the ground. Yeah, which to me just looked like like. But this was six months later. Don't forget, and it was still there. That's true. And then the man with the leather snap suit tested it and found that there was some trace of radiation luminescence they say he said there was some luminescence and but like the, what i liked about this show compared to like when i watch ancient aliens and they play it up and they're like this is a doctor of ufoology with this they didn't even i didn't even know who that guy was uh-huh. like they were it was just a guy <laughs> who had what looked like real science stuff yeah and he was just like there's radioactivity in this, yeah. you know? So but the fact that you're sort of not let in on all the information makes it seem that much more real. And I like that he just put the dirt up to a box at one point and <laughs> yeah. it just was like a needle going back and forth that it yeah. wasn't radioactive. Yeah. I kept thinking anytime and sort of related to the, how the guy who looked, who was 35 looked like he was 50, but anytime there was a man, I thought, oh, he's dead now. No matter how old or young the person was. I thought that many times. Even the teenagers, like, ah, oh, they all died in car accidents. <laughs> they just look like, you know, everybody looked like they, something, they died of a heart attack or maybe one of them was kidnapped, had their head chopped off or whatever it was. So I once bought my dad for his birthday, like a uh, old book of New York f- photographs because uh, he, he's from New York and he likes, I guess, photograph. I f- assumed he would like photographs of New York. And it was from the like turn of the century. He hated it. No, he was just like I was like, "Hey, Dad, do you like it?" He's like, "It's nice, but all these people are dead." Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, that's that's a really depressing way to look at that." Yeah, (laughs) but don't you think? I guess even probably the women, but for some reason it was just the the males. Like those boys, those boys fell in a quarry. Yeah, they 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 in classic. I feel like falling in a well in a quarry. Those are very nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. Like you're saying, missing children. That's is a very nineteen seventies, eighties thing. Even though it still happens today. Yeah, but who cares? You know, there's other stuff to think about now. Well, I was walking in Prospect Park this weekend. This weekend, yesterday, with my wife, and we saw okay, we saw a hawk, and then we saw an old guy walk out of the woods, and we we're gonna be like, We just saw a hawk, and he's like, I just got jumped in the park at like two in the afternoon. Oh man, so it does happen today, people. Well, he didn't get kidnapped. He he was kidnapped. He said, I got jumped and kidnapped. I've been stuck in a van for six months oh, wow. being fed just corn puffs. And he's fine? Um, or he must have been shaken. He up. was dead. Oh, okay. This is really interesting. <laughs> no, but he well, he was. The, there was a guy who was jumped and he, he like fought back with a stick. and he But he was like bruised on the face and everything. Oh, we called 911. It was like... Who the hell does that? It was like two we teenagers. We had three home invasions in my neighborhood. Real, we were burglarized last year. That's why we were moved here. Yeah, maybe there's something going on. Wait, what's the difference between a home invasion and a burglary? Well, I think a home invasion, someone's present. Yes, there's a, re- a resident is there. That's terrifying. Yeah. So there was people, but they in- caught him immediately because he like fell asleep on somebody's stoop with like a bunch of money in his hands. So was, he was uh, just a crazy person. It was three home invasions, same night, same guy yeah. caught that night. Just yeah, crazy. I think they man. caught him either that night or the next morning, perhaps. That is terrifying. 
Yeah. So it still exists. That he might have been an alien. Or Satanist. We don't know. Wait, yeah, so you've mentioned Satanist a bunch of times. What what is the <laughs> I don't know. There? there was a big there was a there was a big uh, vein of uh paranoia about Satanism. And I think at some point it was all kind of mixed up. There was like people are Satanists are kidnapping kids and like molesting them for satanic rituals. And that was uh, rolled into the heavy metal thing, wasn't that? Yes, was it was sat- all of a piece. Yeah. I remember in, in school when I, I was grew up Catholic kind of, but uh one of our like uh when I was in like the CCD class or or whatever, we did a a day where it was like, oh, "Let's go meet other Catholic kids and we'll learn about something." I don't I don't remember. I'm not doing a very good job describing what this is. Uh, but it was just like a field trip that we took where it was just like a day of like, uh, Christian activities for people, but Catholics different. It's not like hardcore. We weren't like happy Christians. We were Catholics. Right. Um, but there was a whole, there was a whole class that was by an officer of the police, a police officer, an under sheriff, an under sheriff dead. That guy's definitely dead. Oh, the newspaper people. When we saw him, I was like, that he guy is dead. so dead. Yeah. He was like halfway out the door while we were watching him. Um, and this guy was like, uh, he was just trying to put the fear into us about Satanism. And it's like, Satanism was running rampant. Uh, four out of, uh, five people under the age of 16 will be, uh, exposed to a satanic ritual. And it was like really, and I think, I don't know what we were, 11 or 12 or something like that. I'm like, really? I've never seen. And there were just always rumors about like, yeah, there's a spot at the, at this warehouse where like they do this and you can go and see the chicken feathers there where they do the like rituals. That's amazing. Well, that's like, um, what, what's that? The West Memphis three, the, uh, what's that? What's that documentary called? Um, lost paradise. Have you seen Paradise Lost? Yeah, yeah. They, I they, haven't seen it. It's pretty amazing. It's Paradise Lost. It's about these three kids that are basically in, in a documentary. They were convicted for killing this kid. And uh, they didn't. They, it was like so obvious they didn't do it, but it was all like Satan. Like you know, they they pinned it on the Satanism, and these kids, you know, were into Metallica and all this yeah. crap. And it's like how. What like why did they believe that this was like their Satanism is ba- like barely existed right I mean like if anything they were like maybe Wiccans or something like yeah that. there's not it's, uh, people I I don't think people do that and that's the era where they'd like bring in you know, like D Snyder to talk to you know uh, Congress or something about you know right. heavy metal music and why it's like influencing our kids and and like ACDC and all that stuff. In fact, I think there was a case where there was ACDC hat found um, a kid had committed suicide in the 80s and there was like an ACDC cap and they basically were like, this kid committed suicide because of ACDC. <laughs> and ACDC is not like I mean, dark. The, they, at most, they make you want to work out really hard. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's not like... Or like, yeah, I don't know, eat a chicken, eat a piece of chicken really hard. Yeah. Anything with a little more vigor, but... Definitely not suicide. Yeah. Ooh. Now we're talking about sort of urban legend things. I do remember that when we were kids, when I was a kid, there was like the story of like a dead rat being or a mouse being in like a can of Pepsi. Yes. Is that something that yes, you experienced as well? Heard that, yeah. that was like a big 
a big thing, right? Which also still currently exists because every once in a while I'll see online like a dead mouse found in like Burger King burger. Yeah, well that stuff does really happen too, though. Every once in a while, yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. It's like so it's, it's just, not an urban. It's legend. just disgusting, and we have to our factories. We have to clean them up. And that's, yeah, why that's we, the message. I also remember if you swallow a piece of gum, it stays in your stomach for seven years. Yes. True or false? I think it's false. But I don't you still not swallow? Like I, would, <laughs> I, I try w- not to swallow gum. Yeah. I wouldn't do it either. <laughs> and then, of course, the Pop Rocks thing, you know. The, which is drinking Pop Rocks and, rocks and soda. Yeah, and it'll like cause an explosion in your mouth. Which did lead to that movie, Urban Legends. Did you ever see that? Uh-uh. Not good horror movie, but it it basically took on every urban legend. Oh, and then the people would actually die. It was yeah. like at the beginning, they were. T- I think they were in an urban legend class in college, uh, which existed, I guess, in this college. And then whatever the murders were, they would be based around a urban legend. So one kid like woke up and his kidney was missing mm. in in a tub filled with ice, and then he died. I don't remember. It was it was not a good movie. It was like at the same time as like after Scream, after I know what you did last summer. You know those. It was like one of those like yeah. oh here's the third and worst version of these movies. Did we miss any of your notes? That uh... Uh, let's go through scary shit intro music. Turtleneck. I knew it. Uh, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. Bo- uh, boring. No filler. Newspaper guy definitely dead. Sheriff definitely dead. Um, oh, I did find myself at one point. Not being able to follow what they were talking about because I think I've been dumbed down. Like there was just a there was a period where they were just <clears throat> they were just talking and there was no that the the visuals were not in any way yes. supporting what was being said and I was like oh, I'm lost in the I don't know what they're saying I've been so trained that like it Matt. The words are short and they match the picture. Yes. Well, nowadays when you watch TV, there's no – yeah, they – everything is – when I was, when I went to college and I took film courses, they called it Mickey Mousing, which is like what you see – what you're hearing is exactly what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Like if you're watching a reality show, there's no like dialogue and then something on screen. It, they make sure it's very clear that any idiot can get it. So now we're probably much dumber because of that. Yeah, I think I, think I am. Yeah, because there were parts where I was just like – it was just showing the woods and the guy was talking. I just started, my mind just started drifting yeah, off. Into, absolutely. Like, what, what are they talking about? Yeah, and then I'd and be it's like. it's just very simple stuff that they're talking about. Yeah, they're just having a regular conversation. <laughs> they were saying the same things they were saying before there was a shot of the woods. But then right. it was just like, but what? Yeah, it happened to me multiple times where I was like lost. Oh, my God. We are getting so, so dumb. It's great. It's really good. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that 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 in search of is like is like intelligent for today for today's tv like they wouldn't say not known for his imaginative thought or guile yes exactly there would would never be a line like that they'd be like this country bumpkin thing (laughs) exactly and then you'd be like oh i get it (laughs) are there any final thoughts that you have for potential fans of in search of well uh be prepared to not not believe I guess. Mm. Keep your mind open. Keep your mind open. But this isn't going to convince anybody of anything. It's going to convince you that uh, editing, uh, TV editing has changed drastically since the 1970s. And I think maybe that's the the problem with it. And after having lived it through, you know, an additional 30 some odd years of uh, 
of media, it didn't really set out to convince you. It was just sort of like, here are some people, and we have some eerie music to let you know that this is not normal, but there's no other real But again, that's, that's why I sort of, I think it leaves it, in the other shows, like Ancient Aliens, they're like, is it possible? It is. Like, you know, but I like this because it was more ambiguous. So, like, if you're skeptical, you can still walk away and be like, well, it seems like they experienced something, you mm-hmm. know? I think it leaves it a little bit more open. You like that. I liked it. But I also like really shitty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> my thing. Yeah, this is a really shitty show. No, <laughs> uh, it's not shitty. I th- I, it's not I, shitty. I no, it. no. I enjoyed it's it, too. very slow-paced. Though. It is slow, but you know what? It was very – it was just atmospheric. Like, it felt yeah. like something that you could do your homework with while while it's on. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're still – if you're a student. So, Joe, is there anything you want to plug or any um, – where people can find you? Um, not to say my address because of the home invasions. Um, but uh, – uh, could go to adultswim.com. That's what I do. Some cool videos up there now. Yeah, some cool videos, some cool writing. Uh, it's a bunch of people from The Onion who now are um, making all the like original uh, videos and, and writing for Adult Swim on adultswim.com. It was Thing X and then it got it turned into adultswim.com. Yeah, sort of, absor- really sort of cool. absorbed into adultswim.com or adultswim.com. I call it adult, um, adult, which whatever I say, people always make fun of me. You say adult. Yeah. I say adult. Yeah. I want to take my chance to plug. I want to plug Leonard Nimoy's, uh, photo series of a naked Orthodox Jewish women. If that is a real thing and not something that I made up in my brain, I'd like to plug that. I'd be impressed if it existed or if you just made that up in your <laughs> own brain, because that takes a lot of create. That yeah. takes a lot of guile. Ah, that's, it was, uh, all right, fine. Guile. <laughs> Guile. Um, well, thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate you watching In Search of with me. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Now it's time for a little bit of a media guide uh, based on the episode that we just watched. So I just did a teeny bit of research uh, to highlight some of the things we talked about. In the episode, we talked about Leonard Nimoy's side project of taking photographs of Hasidic women. Yes. That is true. As you may remember in uh, Adam Sandler's famous uh, Hanukkah song, he uh, says, Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock, yes, Leonard Nimoy is Jewish, and he uh, released a book of photographs of uh, Hasidic women. Uh, This is the little write-up. The book's called Shekinah by Leonard Nimoy. When Leonard Nimoy's book of photography, Shekinah, was published in 2002, it created a ruckus. His depiction of alluringly glamorous women somewhere to fill in in all their naked glory as the essence of the feminine manifestation of God struck some as revolutionary and others as salacious. The book sold well and even inspired a ballet aptly named Shekinah. Um, That's amazing. Joe was right. He didn't make that up. And also, in fact, Leonard Nimoy uh, was one of the narrators, along with Sarah Jessica Parker, on a documentary about Hasidim in America called A Life Apart. Hasidim in America. This is the write-up on that. Hasidic Jews seem alien and even hostile to those outside their culture, which frequently includes other Jews. They dress differently, don't mingle between the sexes, speak Yiddish, and wear side curls, all in an attempt to rigorously follow the commandments of the Torah. Leonard Nimoy and Sarah Jessica Parker narrate, explaining how this movement came to America and how it was able to flourish. So if you happen to be interested in that, which is interesting, uh, you can check that out, A Life Apart. 
And uh, Leonard Nimoy also, I read somewhere, speaks Yiddish. Let's move on to John Walsh. John Walsh, we mentioned, uh, was the host of America's Most Wanted. And Joe uh, brought up that his son was abducted and killed. Terrible story. It's absolutely true. His son, Adam, was, uh, was kidnapped and, um, and, and killed. And uh, John Walsh had nothing to do with TV, but he, uh, after that uh, happened, he uh, became a historic political campaign to help missing children. Uh, and they eventually led to the, which eventually led to the creation of the Missing Children's Act of 1982. And basically, uh, him and his wife uh, were uh, talking, like, talked to camera at the end of a made for TV movie about their story. And through that, like a couple years later, Boom. He ended up being the host of America's Most Wanted. That's pretty crazy. And another little tidbit. In 2002, rapper Busy Bone of Bone Thugs and Harmony wrote a song for the show and dedicated it to Adam and John Walsh, encouraging abduction survivors not to keep their abductions a secret, as Busy Bone did after being abducted in the early 1980s. What? I just... I didn't read that full sentence before I said it. That's crazy. Busy Bone was abducted. Uh, in the early 1980s, holy shit, there has to be a second media guide where I find out about that. Uh, when we were talking before, Joe mentioned, uh, I was saying uh, some uh, submarine sandwich could be called something somewhere, and he said the blomper. I looked up the word blomper in the Urban Dictionary. It says receiving fellatio while defecating, i.e. getting a blowjob while taking a dump. Just thought you should know that. I read up a little bit about Israel Keys. Uh, I'm going to leave that to you. If you're interested in that, just go for it. Um, super, super dark. But I also did watch the first two episodes of the TV show, The Fall, which Joe mentioned about a serial killer, super intense. Uh, very good, but I, I'm going to pace myself with this one because every episode is like, oh, oh boy. Um, and we also talked about the urban myth of swallowing gum. Is it harmful? You can swallow gum. You'll poop it out. Just letting you know, a doctor from the Mayo Clinic says it. He says, but on rare occasions, large amounts of swallowed gum combined with constipation have caused intestinal blockage in children. So if you're a kid listening, swallow a one piece. Just go for one. Don't go overboard. So that's it for a media guide. But I also do want to mention if you're a Leonard Nimoy fan and you don't know about the Bilbo Baggins song that he sang in the 70s, I'm just going to play just a teeny portion here just to whet your appetite. So thanks again to Joe Randazzo for uh, coming by, introducing me to In Search Of. Uh, if you're a fan of the podcast, let me know what you think. Is this media guide worthwhile? I have no idea. Leave a note on It's That Episode podcast on Facebook, and we'll see what happens. All right. Have a great night and an early manana. Adios, amigos. Amigos.